0: change your mind about you, where we are on a journey together to awaken to our true identity. I'm your host, Kevin Mack, and today we'll continue our discussion of holy relationships. Specifically, we'll examine whether or not Jesus himself entered into a holy relationship with another human being. In recent episodes, we've been discussing the holy relationship. In what role holy relationships play in restoring our natural, God-created state of being. Two joined together as one, as it says in Genesis 2 and verse 24. We discussed how the story of Noah's Ark is an allegory which describes this restoration and how God uses holy relationships as the basis for ushering in a new world. We learned that God's original intent behind holy relationships was to reflect the male-female aspects of the Godhead, to reflect God's image and likeness, as it says in Genesis 1, verses 26 and 27. These male and female aspects of God, we learned, are spiritual qualities and do not refer to gender. From this perspective, we then began to examine the role of Jesus in the salvation-restoration story. Jesus clearly tells his disciples to follow him in a variety of places in the New Testament Gospels. In fact, one of his final and well-known expressions of this idea to his disciples is found in John. Chapter 14, verses 4 through 6 is what we'll read. Jesus says there, you know the way to the place where I am going, speaking to his disciples. One of his disciples, Thomas, said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Verse 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Here Jesus is reminding his disciples that following him is the way to restoring our natural God-created state of being to becoming one. Well, if two beings join together as one is a reflection of our natural state of being, and following Jesus is the way to be restored to the state, doesn't it make perfect sense that Jesus must have also been involved in a holy relationship with another human being to provide for us a complete example of how such restoration is accomplished? The New Testament Gospels, while they do not state this directly, seem to indicate that Jesus was a single man at one only with God, as he himself said in John 10, chapter, uh, verse 30. But I have a problem with this, and here's why. The New Testament says in Hebrews, chapter 1 and verse 3, The sun is the radiance of God's glory, and the exact representation of his being. What is meant by that phrase, the exact representation of his being? The image and likeness of God. That's what that means. Man was originally created in the image and likeness of God, male and female, it says in Genesis 1, 26, verses 26 and 27. Thus, the exact representation, that is, reflection, of God's being is a male-female relationship. And again, these are spiritual aspects of God's being. They're not to be confused with genders. Another point to consider here is that Jesus in the Gospels, much more often, refers to himself as the son of man than he does the son of God. Jesus obviously wanted his followers to know that he is more like us than unlike us. In fact, Paul refers to him as the last Adam in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 45. And unsurprisingly, Luke declares that Adam is the son of God in Luke 3 and verse 38. So what all this is leading up to is that man, capital M, i. that is, the female and male relationship, the two together as one, is at the heart of what it means to be united with God. Therefore, as it states in A Course in Miracles, the ark of salvation is entered two by two, And if Jesus is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, as it says in Hebrews 12 and verse 2, and the ark of salvation is entered two by two, Jesus could not have been pioneering our faith by himself. He had to have another human companion to whom he was joined. That being the case, then the New Testament is not giving us a complete picture of what it means to follow Jesus. So if we really desire full restoration to our natural God-created state of being, we must refer to other ancient sources in addition to the Bible to enable us to complete the picture Of what it means to follow Jesus. One of those sources. Is the gospel of Philip. It says in the gospel of Philip. Page 61 in plate 107. There were three who always walked with the Lord. Mary his mother. The sister of his mother. And Miriam of Magdala known as his companion for him Miriam is a sister a mother and a wife the Greek word from which the words companion and wife are translated in uh, the Gospel of Philip here uh, is koinonos k-o-i-n-o-n-o-s which means a partner or a sharer in anything. This word koinonos in this context is only applied to Miriam. Therefore, what the author is saying here is unmistakable, is that Miriam Magdala uh, or Mary Magdalene was Jesus's wife. Now, In another place, the Gospel of Philip goes on to explain what such a marriage as theirs, that is a holy relationship, is for. We'll go now to the Gospel of Philip, page 71 and plate 117. It says there, The bridal chamber is not for animals, nor for slaves nor for the impure it is for beings who are free simple and silent it is through the breath that is God's breath capital B that we come into being but we are reborn by the Christ two by two in his breath capital B we experience a new embrace we are no longer in duality but in unity now let's look at what's written here in a, in a little more detail that first statement that says the bridal chamber is not for animals slaves nor for the impure but for free beings this statement hearkens back to yet another in the gospel of philip this one is on plate seven, or rather, page seventy-three in plate one nineteen. It says there: there are two trees in the middle of the garden. One engenders animals; the other engenders humans. Adam ate from the tree that engenders animals and became animal. In the beginning. God created humans. Here we have some clarity added to the meaning behind the two trees in the midst of the Garden of Eden introduced in Genesis 2.9. Recall the two trees in the center of the garden. There was the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The tree of life gives rise to humans, while the tree of the knowledge of good and evil Gives rise to animals. Neither tree per se is evil, because they're part of God's creation, which was perfect and is perfect and complete. Rather, each of the two trees is devoted to different purposes within God's very good creation. As we know, Adam ate from the tree that gives rise to animals and became as an animal. According to the Gospel of Philip here, what we just read, the bridal chamber is not for animals. (laughs) Thus, this passage alone gives us considerable insight into why in the Western world in particular we have so much conflict, suffering, and failure in our intimate relationships. The bridal chamber is only fit for free beings, not for those that perceive themselves as animals. In the beginning, God created us as free human beings, male and female, free to eat from any tree in the garden, as it says in Genesis 2.16. In other words, as free beings, Adam and Eve were free to make their own choices. Unfortunately, they made a poor choice. And subsequent generations of humanity, because we learn from each other, we have been taught to continue to make the same error and have endured thousands of years of unnecessary suffering and grief as a result. The Gospel of Philip again in, on page 71 in plate 117, tells us how to finally correct this error and be restored to our God-created natural state of being. Here it is again. The Gospel of Philip, page 71, plate 117. It is through the breath, the breath of God, that we come into being. But we are reborn by the Christ, two by two. In his breath, we experience a new embrace. We are no longer in duality, but in unity. The first part of that verse is a reference back to Genesis 2-7, where God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. And man in this context is male and female joined together as one. They share the same breath. Yet recall from Genesis 3.7 that immediately after Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit, they perceived one another as separate beings. So during separation, the single whole that is, man consisting of male and female, became two separated parts. Thus the work of Christ is to restore the whole by putting the parts back together two by two. Thus they no longer will be two, but one, restored to their original God-created state. As we have stated in previous episodes, two joined together as one is symbolized physically by sexual intercourse. Various world religions and philosophies have symbolized this joining in a variety of ways throughout history. Ancient Chinese philosophy uses the yin and the yang. Eastern Tantra uses icons of the intimate embrace of Shiva and Shakti. Even the Christian cross has a history that falls into this category. Check out the following statement from an article on sacredtext.com that discusses the origins of the cross. Quote, Far back in the twilight of the pictured history of the past, the cross is found on the borders of the River Nile. A horizontal piece of wood fastened to an upright beam indicated the height of the water in flood. This formed a cross. The nilometer. If the stream failed to rise to a certain height it, in its proper season, no crops and no bread was the result. From famine on the one hand to plenty on the other, The cross came to be worshipped as a symbol of life and regeneration or feared as an image of decay and death. This is one so-called origin of the cross. The article continues, The cross was a symbol of life and regeneration in India long before this usage on the Nile the most learned antiquarians agree in holding it unquestionable that Egypt was colonized from India and crosses migrated with the inhabitants. Well, what, you may ask, has all this to do with Jesus and his teachings? A lot when we consider some additional published evidence on the early life of Jesus. According to a source, prior to starting his ministry, Jesus, passing through Egypt on the way, traveled to India and for some time became a student of spiritual teachers there prior to returning to Galilee. This all occurred when Jesus was in his twenties, before his marriage to Mary Magdalene, in the beginning of his ministry which happened after his marriage to Mary Magdalene. This being the case, a whole new meaning would be brought to, this, to a statement he made to his listeners during his ministry. Let's go to that statement now. It's, it's actually in all three of the Synoptic Gospels, but we're going to read from Mark chapter 18 verses 34 and 35. It's also stated in Matthew 16, verse 24, and Luke 9, and verse 23. But let's read it here from Mark, chapter 8, verses 34 and 35. Jesus is speaking here. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves Take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What could Jesus have meant by this statement? Given what he learned as he traveled through Egypt and while studying in India during his 20s? I think he uses the cross here not so much as a symbol of death and decay as it is commonly used, but rather of life and regeneration. Jesus is advising his listeners who would follow him to deny their separate lives of independence and exchange it for a joint life with another. The phrase to take up their cross then symbolizes life and regeneration in this context, in the most ancient context as it was in India. Therefore, if one saves his independent life, Jesus is saying, he will eventually lose it by dying. But if he exchanges his independent life for a joint life with another, where Christ is always present, remember Jesus said, whenever two or more are together in my name, there I am with them. For a joint life with another where Jesus is always present, this new life is preserved for eternity. To engage, then, In this sacred embrace is the means by which we enter the Ark of Salvation. For we enter it two by two, as Noah did with his wife, and his sons with their wives, along with all the animals. Remember, Adam, as is stated in the Gospel of Philip, became an animal upon eating the forbidden fruit. Yet it was also animals that entered the ark two by two, male and female, to symbolize the joining together as one that is a reflection of the image and likeness of God. As each of us follows this same path, we experience a whole new world of abundant life and love where there is no more death, sorrow, crying, or pain. And with that said, we will bring this episode of Change Your Mind About You to a close. Thank you for listening today. I'm your host, Kevin Mack, reminding you that humanity expresses the character of God through its relationships, two joined together as one. Since Jesus pioneered the way to do this, he must also have had a shared life relationship with another human being. Historical evidence suggests that his partner was none other than Mary Magdalene. The New Testament Gospels do not deny this. They merely do not mention it. Thus, if as disciples we are intent on being devoted to his teaching and truly follow him, we must rely on other sources in addition to the Bible to assist us in this endeavor. Jesus taught that we must deny our independent self, take up our cross, and follow him. Here he is interpreting the cross as a symbol of life and regeneration because that's what his message and example was all about. It was about engaging in a unifying relationship with another, a sacred embrace with the intent of experiencing God's creation in its original state, a paradise where there is no more death, sorrow, crying or pain. I sincerely hope that this episode has been of benefit to you. Your comments and questions are always welcome and very much appreciated. Please direct all your correspondence by email to Kevin Mac at Change Your Mind About You. That's Kevin Mac at ChangeYourMindAboutYou.com Thank you once again for listening today. So until next time, take good care and be well, my friends.